I'll admit two things right now. First of all, when I saw the final score of the Eagles-Jets game, I was very happy. Really? I was very happy. What? Uh, because I, I knew is. that I was I was not looking forward to coming in and having <laughs> an Eagle fan rejoice uh, uh, in how the 49ers had lost. And then I realized that I, I know an Eagle fan. And I knew that, wow, he's not going to be able to do that. Obviously, you know, that kind of took that rug right from under you there. With the it Eagles did, it also did. Losing but I'm okay. I'll, I'll save it for December fourth. Yeah, you know, that, our show after December third. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I'll save mm-hmm. it for then. So I admit I was happy to see that. Also yesterday, right before Jake Moody lined up for that kick, I was watching with my family, uh, my wife and her sister and brother-in-law and my mother-in-law, and I said, "I don't think he's going to make this kick." And I don't know really? why you had that feeling. Yes, and I and you know, oh, you jinxed him. And if I said he was going to make it, and he missed it. Oh, you jinxed him. But <laughs> I just had that feeling. Maybe it's because he had missed the other one. And you know how it is, too. This is dumb, but when they show that angle from behind yeah. the kicker, it looks like it's so far. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. the, the yeah. TV effect. Uh, I just had a feeling, nah, he's he's not going to nail this one. I'd lost my faith in Jake Moody. Already? I, I did, I have to admit. He just I, had his first two misses yesterday. I know. Off I know. the Jake Moody bandwagon already. Yeah, and right. I was in front of that sucker. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of football, Sacramento State football back at home this Saturday night for a nationally televised primetime game versus Montana State. Uh, kickoff 7.30. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. And then also last night we had the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Kyle Draper with the call along with Katie Christensen. Interestingly, uh, as you pointed out in uh, Drape's Takes, Chris Duarte in the starting lineup. Yes. Now, you had seen him running with the ones last week in practice, Yes, right? in practice. Uh, when I went on Friday, he was playing with the ones, and, and I noticed Kevin Herter uh, was playing with the twos, and I said, hmm, Mike Brown might shake things up uh, for Sunday, and he sure did. And I thought Duarte looked really good out there uh, with that first unit. You know, when you look at uh, Domas, Keegan, and De'Aaron Fox, they're going to get the majority of your shots, majority of your offense. But who's going to be the guy that guards the perimeter player? You got Harrison Barnes, yes, he'll do so. But you, I, I felt like you needed another defender, and I think that's why Mike Brown uh, turned to Chris Duarte. You know, Duarte, five points, a couple of assists, uh, but I thought he played great defense on Clay Thompson. Clay made some difficult shots, but Duarte was right there. The thing for Duarte is going to be offensively. You know, as a rookie, I pulled up his numbers. As a rookie, he was a 37% three-point shooter. That works. That works. His second year, obviously injury riddled, out of the rotation, uh, 31.6%. No bueno. Not good. Exactly. And so Mike Brown has to weigh whether Duarte's defense is more valuable than Kevin uh, Herter's offense in that starting lineup. That's what it comes down to, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. If Duarte is a decent to good offensive player, has a very good chance of starting. Right. And if he's not giving you anything offensively, you probably can't start him. Yeah, and with that being said, you know, this Kings starting unit, talking about with Kevin Hurd, was one of the best starting fives in the NBA last season. But what the issue is, Kevin Herter has not looked like the Kevin Herter that we saw during the regular season last year. Whether it was in the playoffs or so far in the preseason, he just doesn't seem to be himself out there. And so I want to know how long does Mike Brown stick with Kevin Herter? You know, I'm a firm believer in trying to build somebody up. You know, if you take him out of the starting lineup, might you lose him? Might his confidence become even more shot? And so we'll see what happens come Wednesday. They got back-to-back games, Wednesday and Thursday. 
Duarte, I'm not sure if he's going to play. Remember, he left uh, the game yesterday with that uh, knee soreness, they called it. We'll see if he actually plays. Uh, but if Duarte continues to start this preseason, that that would be a huge sign for me that uh, Herter's out of the rotation, out of the starting five. It suggests to me that Mike Brown looks at this team and says, we have to be better. We had a great year, but we have to be better. We can't just run it back. If we're going to be better, we have to be better defensively. So he's looking for anybody that can help him in that regard. Yeah, and I was talking to, you know, one assistant coach uh, about this uh, a little bit ago, and he was saying, you know, when you look at the Kings roster, um, in the NBA, really, to be successful, you need multiple two-way players. You know, Draymond, Clay when he was healthy, Wiggins, you know, those kind of guys, uh, Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, Drew Holiday, those kind of guys. The Kings don't have multiple two-way players. And I got to imagine if Mike Brown or Monty McNair, those are the kind of guys you want to get. But those guys don't grow on trees. You know, it's not like you could just, you know, go out there and snatch somebody up. And so I think when you look at this roster for Mike Brown, he's looking at the best two-way players to be on the floor for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can see that that went into some of their, well, I was going to say went into some of their offseason acquisitions as well, but I don't know that Vizankov is a two-way yeah. player. But I think that's one of the reasons they, they picked Colby Jones, one of the reasons they liked him. Potentially he could be mm -hmm. that. And then uh, Duarte uh, certainly can be that. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, one guy we haven't mentioned, you just, Sasha. You know, what did you think of Sasha yesterday? I, you know, his home debut, uh, you know, I would have liked to seen more uh, from Sasha. You know, he, he just didn't seem to be much of a factor out there last night. Yeah, he was, what, one for four, missed all three of his threes. Yeah. Um, and he's another guy kind of similar to Herter in the sense that if you're not getting much from him offensively, you're probably not getting much, period. Right, right, right mm -hmm. exactly. And so I, I think, you know, if you're Mike Brown, you're looking at this rotation, we know how good offensively this team can be, but obviously you want to improve defensively. But what are you going to do with Herter? What are you going to do with Sasha? You know, who's uh, their defense hasn't been aware. You know, I would imagine that that the coach would like. I mean, these guys got to play, but is, is Herter coming off the bench going forward? You know, you then you have a great offensive team coming off the bench, maybe, but then you don't have any defense other than Davion mm -hmm. uh, coming. And so, you know, I look at this roster. There's a lot of talent. I'm of the belief, if I'm Mike Brown, I still start Kevin Herter. I still start Kevin Herter. Just because I think when you need the defense, you could turn to uh, Duarte. Uh, you can pair him up with some other guys as well. But if you are you have the potential to lose Kevin Herter, what does he become? You know, this was a guy that, you know, was a 40% uh, three-point shooter. Uh, now you're relegating him to maybe 18 minutes a night or something like that off the bench, what does that do for his confidence? And so I think if you want to maximize Kevin Herter, he stays in the starting lineup. One of the reasons I want to maximize him is because down the road, if he could be a tradable piece, and I'm not looking to trade him. Come on, why do you talk? Dude, it's October 16th, and we're talking trades already. We're talking big picture. We're talking about the fact that Duarte could be a guy who can start at that position. Um, and if I feel like, wow, he's going to give me more defensively, Kevin Herter potentially is an asset. Potentially. I'm not saying, well, I got to get rid of that guy. But I'm just saying, if that's part of the equation, he, his value is going to be higher if he's a starter. That's one reason why I would start him over Duarte. Just potentially. One thing I'm thinking about. That's what, all. just for trade value? 
Well, that's part of it. Why, when it comes down to who do I start of these two guys, I would start Herter. I'm not trading Duarte. Herter, if he starts and he becomes uh, a piece I can move, I think he has more value. But it's just, I'm, again, I'm not looking <laughs> to trade him. I'm just telling you, I'm thinking big picture. Don't count it now, Whitey. Big picture. Don't, don't uh, I'm not backpedal it. like Deion Sanders out there no, right now. I'm not backpedaling. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Kevin Herter is not a good enough defender for my team. He can shoot. Right now, he's not shooting well. So if I have a guy that I know I can plug in there who's going to give me better defense, I'm very interested in doing that. What do I do with Herter? Does he come off the bench like you said? Kevin Herter off the bench, we don't, you know, he doesn't, he might not want to do that. Might not be as effective. I'm going to start him, and if he's hot and Duarte's playing well too, then I've got an option. If Duarte doesn't play well, then Herter's my starter. You know, all right, big picture, big picture, baby. You know, as a coach, you probably shouldn't think like this, but I'm a believer. And if you go have a conversation with a guy and say you're coming off the bench, it may be more trouble than it's worth. If you have a Duarte who would be okay, you know, he feels like that's his role already. Yeah, yes, exactly. You know, you don't want to upset the apple cart. Or, or ruin the chemistry or the, the, the vibes around your team. So it may not even be worth it for Mike Brown to have that conversation with us. Uh, so what's Kevin. your guess as to why? And I know Mike Brown, when he's asked, he says, and there's some truth to this, he says, I'm moving a lot of guys around here. Yep. It's preseason. But is that really the only reason why Duarte has been starting? I think I think that's a big reason why. I think they're sending a message, But too. But if Kevin Herter was playing like Kevin Herter at the beginning of the last season, I don't think uh, this would be an issue. Dude, we all watch the same games. We all got eyes. We see what's happening out there. You could ask Kevin Herter, and kudos to him. He stood up last night after the game, answered all the questions about the starting spot, his role, and all that. Kudos to him. But we all see that he's not playing to to his capabilities yet. We see he's struggling a little bit right now. And so as a coach – Mike Brown sees that also, and so why not give Chris Duarte a shot? But I don't think Mike is going to abandon Kevin Herter just yet in that starting lineup. No, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But it's interesting, to especially if Duarte's hurt. And that's the thing with him. He's always getting hurt. I'm not going that far. We're always getting hurt. He has a... Let me rephrase that. Chris Duarte has an injury history. He He has a tendency to be injured so far in his career. And it's two years. He's he's been in the league two years, and both those years he's been injured. That's a fact. That's not a. I'm not criticizing him. No, I love but the you guy. are. But you kind of are. And this was, the, you know, I was like thinking said, about this eyes, driving, we, yeah. driving in about this. What's he supposed to do about it? It's not like he's uh, meaning to go out there and get hurt or anything. <laughs> like you know, this hopefully is nothing more than you know yes, a bruise in his back so. or anything like that. But I don't want to start labeling a guy injury prone just yet. I didn't say injury prone, but it's a fact that he has been hurt in each of his first two years. As part of this year, it's big for him. He's got to prove that he can play. I talked to him about that. He said that he knows that. All right, all right. You think I'm coming right, after nah, these guys? Nah, I just uh, you know. I don't, you know, don't come after my guys. That's all, <laughs> all right. I'm saying. Don't come after my guys. We'll, we'll take a quick timeout when we come right back from two unbeatens to five one loss teams. How the complexion of this NFL season shifted dramatically yesterday. Drive guys heading down the home stretch here on Sacktown Sports. Yeah, and Sacramento State football's back at home this Saturday night for a nationally televised prime time game versus Montana State. Kickoff, 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets at Hornet Sports. 
Draperfootball.com. Taking you up to Monday Night Football. Drive guys, he's Kyle Draper. I'm Whitey Gleason. We're arguing about the Kings. Kyle thinks I'm coming after his guys. I'm not coming after <laughs> your guys. It's only preseason, Whitey. You're talking about trading Kevin Herter. Potentially. Chris Duarte's injury prone. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> I can't let you get away with that. All right. All right. Uh, just for the record. Well, I see. Now it's going to sound like I'm coming after Chris Duarte, <laughs> who played 55 games his first year and 46 his second. So all I'm saying is, wow, he's got to prove this year he can stay healthy. You know who else says that? Chris, Chris Duarte, Duarte says yeah. that. <laughs> so are you going to go after him no, like you're coming he, after he me? He can say it. He can say it. I'll, I'll let him say it. Uh, things shifted quite a bit in the NFL yesterday, didn't they? At least in the – it appears they yeah. did at the top of the NFC. Yeah, you know, and, and give the Lions credit, right? They're right there with the Niners and the Eagles, you know, at 5-1. and one. And so – you, you look at the standings right now, you know, I always thought it was just a two-team race, and I'm still not 100% uh, on board with the Lions, but no, you're right. Some things shook up. Uh, Niners losing on the road, Eagles losing on the road. You know, as much as I'm an Eagles fan, I'm also a realist. The Eagles might have four or five losses this season. Like, their schedule is tough. What, they got Miami coming up mm-hmm. uh, next week? Like, they have a very – they still got Buffalo. They have to face the Niners as well, uh, Seattle. Uh, I I just think their schedule is so difficult, uh, Whitey. And so, you know, it might not be the Eagles that we see of last year. They may have to go on the road uh, early in the playoffs. I, I look at them as, you know, 17 games. They might be a 13-4, and 12-5 kind of team. I know that the Cowboys have a lot of struggles offensively, and they just got destroyed. They got their hearts plucked yes. out of their chests and held before them by the 49ers last week. But with the Eagles and the 49ers both losing yesterday, if Dallas were to win tonight against the Chargers, all of a sudden they're a game back. They're a game back. Like, exactly. We caught a break there. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're, we're ready to, you know, bench deck Prescott, trade them. Cowboys, we, we said it last week. They were broken. The Niners broke the Cowboys. We'll find out tonight. But, you know, that shows you what the NFL is like, right? One week you're up. You're the greatest thing since sliced bread. The next week, uh uh-oh, we got an issue. And that's why I'm sure it applies to the Eagles too, but for the 49ers, so discouraging when you give one away that you had uh, right there and you gave that game away against a good team uh, defensively that played hard. And they did, they played about as well as they could play. The Browns did, but the 49ers still gave that one away. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and I think. You agree with that? I, I agree that early on they did, but then the Browns took it. Like the Browns had to do something with it. And I thought that defense got better and better and more hungry and hungry. And so, you know, the Niners gave it away by not capitalizing early. They gave it away with some drops and some missed passes, but. The reason why you had the drops, the reason why you had uh, Brock Purdy not looking sharp is because the Browns' defense was laying the wood down. And so give the Browns some credit. I do. I do. Like, they came in. They had a great game plan uh, defensively. You talked about Jim Schwartz' success against Kyle Shanahan. You know, I I thought, you know, the front four, uh, front seven of the Browns played extremely uh, well, especially in the pass game. The secondary, you know, there were times guys weren't, you know, usually we're used to seeing a number of Niners run free and open. It happened a few times, but I thought the Browns' coverage guys were pretty good. I think a big part of that, my understanding, is that the Browns played a lot of man 
Yes. A lot of man-to-man yes. that the 49ers weren't expecting, and they did a good job. So, you know, a lot of times when Brock is throwing to those guys wide open, they're finding holes in the zone. And yesterday right. it's like, so I would think from here on out, Brock Purdy, until he can prove he can handle it, he's going to see a lot of man-to-man coverage. Yeah, exactly. And and the one play, you know, that we talked about last week, uh, you know, one of Brock Purdy's uh, pet peeves, you know, one of the plays that where he tries to drop it over the linebacker. The Browns played that excellent. You know, you get deep if you're the middle linebacker, make it more difficult. And so, no, I, I think, you know, if if your other teams, what you saw from the Browns was the blueprint. Unfortunately, not every – like the Browns are the top defense in the they league are. for yeah. a reason, right? Yes. I mean, yes. and they showed it yesterday. Uh, we are still waiting for more information on Christian McCaffrey and results from his MRI he uh, has an oblique slash rib injury, although Shanahan today said it's an oblique and a rib injury. But just as I looked it up, I want to show you, Kyle, and I apologize to you, dear listener. <laughs> it's a picture of McCaffrey from yesterday, and he's running the ball, and there's somebody in the Browns just yanking a fistful of his face mask down. Did he get whistled for it? <laughs> okay, then move on. What are you? What is this? That's all. Anybody, that's that's not- like... Christian McCaffrey, what do you do? Well, you rip his head off is what you do. No, is Grab that his is face that- mask? <laughs> Dude, this Until is we terrible. Can stop him. This is this is his head won't come off, but you got to yank on a really get that face mask and yank on a really hard, and then in the pile, you know, all bets are off. You don't even believe what you're saying right now. Well, like, I'm I, exaggerating, I, that, I, but right, it's, you're exaggerating. Exactly, it's happening, and I it's football. I understand it. I understand why it's happening. You know why? But here's the thing, Whitey. You're 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 bringing this up because we watch the Niners week in and week out. I guarantee you. There are other face mask penalties being called across the round the league. It's not just happening to Christian McCaffrey. All I know is that yesterday, Greg Olson on the telecast. Yeah, I was, I was screw like, Greg Olson. I, was like, I hope Kyle Draper heard this because he goes, well, he's being targeted. <laughs> I don't think there's any question about that. So he, He's being targeted in terms of we got to bring this guy down. We're keying on him. He's not being targeted as in targeting in college football where you're leading headfirst or you're trying to knock a guy out or you're trying to injure a guy. He's being targeted. We got to stop Christian McCaffrey at all costs. He's being targeted in terms of bring him down however you can. If he gets hurt, there's some upside. But I, that's like I said, dude, that's professional dude, football. This is, this is, no, you can't say it. And then say it's professional football. You're the one raising the point right now. If it's professional football, deal with it. Yeah. Deal with the Niners. Deal with the Christian McCaffrey. And those guys whining about it the last couple of weeks talking about the Niners. They've the ones that brought this up, you know, <laughs> thinking, oh, maybe us, they're targeting. Man, be quiet and play football. Uh, Compio says 49ers get Debo back. They will be okay. Oh, Compio. Uh, I, nobody's worried, right? Like, this was an anomaly. This was one of those games. The Browns had the perfect defensive game plan. Guys got injured. Brock Purdy looked suspect. It's not going to happen like that every week. Now, if they go into Minnesota, who doesn't have a good defense, and they struggle, then you start to get worried. And it also shows you just how key health is for this Niners team. Let's say CMC can't go, and they look terrible next week uh, against the Vikings. It shows me that this team... One injury, maybe two away from not being, like you said earlier, you know, a a long injury to Trent Williams or a CMC, you know, they don't become Super Bowl favorites anymore. Right. Uh, Jason says, played bad, but still could, should have won. Seen worse losses, no worries for the 49ers. I know we touched on this earlier, and I know this sounds kind of bizarre, 
But Tim Kawakami knows his team very well. And in the, I think he actually tweeted this yesterday. The 49ers are so injury paranoid. Yes. You can understand why that he suggested they might hold some guys out of this game because they don't like the type of turf they'll be playing on next week. And when they played on this, I think it was the same type of turf that they played on a couple years ago against the Jets and Giants, and Bosa got hurt, and all kinds of guys got hurt. So it's just something to keep an eye on because the 49ers are so injury paranoid. Let me ask you this. I hope they if don't If that's do that. the case, what do you think about that? Is that kind of weak? Is that are they giving away a game? Like, what do you think? I yes, I think that uh, I think that would be a poor poor choice. I, I think that'd be very unfortunate. Right. Yeah, especially coming off of a loss. What, what does that say? It, coming yeah. off a loss, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You're right. You're 100 percent right about that. That's what you know. That loss last yesterday made this week's game much more important. You caught a break. The Eagles losing as well. Who knows? The Eagles may lose again uh, this week. But now you got to worry about Detroit as well. Detroit in that weak division. Also, too, you know, Detroit might be a factor come, yes. you know, NFC playoff time especially in terms they, of home field and all that. Yes, pardon me. I, but, yeah. yeah, especially if they defend. Do you think maybe, not looking for excuses, but for your team, yesterday was kind of a trap game with the with the Dolphins coming up? Yeah. Because I believe in that to a degree. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think a trap game and also the Eagles got up early and they sort of relaxed, mm-hmm. but just like, you know, with the Niners, the Browns got confidence. Well, the Jets got confidence. Their defense started pinning their ears back, and we saw what happened. That's why it's so hard to go undefeated and win a football game. Who do you like in this one tonight? Chargers, Cowboys coming up. Ooh, this is a good one. I like the Chargers. I was saying, I was, I was thinking the Chargers also. Uh, you know, I just, if it was in Dallas, I would give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt. Give me the Chargers tonight. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we appreciate it. We're back with you tomorrow. Kyle, we'll do it again tomorrow. Is that yes, right? so. Full show tomorrow, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Drive guys back with you tomorrow. Monday Night Football coming up on Sacktown Sports.